Hello, welcome to LitKC. I'm your host, Jason Prue. Today, my guest is Jessica Ayala. She is a poet, director, activist, and damn, just all around interesting person. We had a really good chat. I hope you enjoy it. And that's that. I'm going to get right into it because, uh, yeah, this is really good stuff. Enjoy Jessica Ayala. process of uh, finishing up my second manuscript and with the second book I'm uh, doing uh, an exhibit of my family's heirlooms with the book because it's a poetic memoir and it also gives um, people an opportunity who perhaps maybe are not in town when my book comes out or missed the book release because you know there's so many of my friends who are artists themselves who haven't had an opportunity to attend one right so i thought gosh what could i do for like my sisters who can't come or you know family members who can't come so i thought you know i want to put my family's heirlooms on display um that ref that are reflections of my poetry and all of these items that i mentioned in my poetry so i have 10 installations that i'm working on and uh, I'm really excited because it's going to follow the release of my second book. So what does your family think? <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> you're putting all our shit on display. Yeah, what? exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I'm sure they're proud, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes told, yeah. it's like, hey, it's off limits. Absolutely. No, they love it. They absolutely love the idea. Um, I think they're used to it because I told them a couple of years ago, I said, you guys, as, as I continue to write, we're just gonna put it all out there because I mean I write what I've experienced and I write from my um, my my heart and uh, the 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 experiences or the situations that I've lived that have transformed my life in some way shape or form so um, you know like this this quinceanera dress that you see right here I mean this is the dress I wore at 15 and all of my sisters, all four of my sisters have worn the same dress. My 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 baby sister just recently, last year, last November. You from a family of all wore. girls? All girls, no, no boys. Kidding. Yeah, my dad kept trying. <laughs> he just kept trying. What's funny is, is my dad, he um, he was so excited with our baby sister when, when my mom and him got pregnant. My dad was like, no, this one's going to be a boy for sure. So my dad's a woodcarver, and he made this car out of wood and put it under the Christmas tree, and he was just so proud, and we you know when Jasmine was born, you know, he was just like, oh, let me just take my car. But what's funny is this- Now she's a race car driver? First, oh. No, right, exactly, <laughs> that would have been an awesome story. No, but she, she it was actually, it had, it had stayed like in this place, I don't even remember how she found it, but she found the toy. And it was like her favorite toy as a toddler. Oh, that's cool. Oh, she cool. loved it. And so I was telling my dad, I'm like, Dad, she loves it. Like, it was made for her. That's cute. So I think it was at that moment my dad was like, yeah, man, I'm blessed. It was meant to be. Yeah, you are, completely. no matter what, I tell you Without as a parent. Without a doubt. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. But you know, I, it's, you know I, I find it like in, like, Latino men are very much like my first born well, son. There's that instinct. You know, like, I want to yeah, pass this on. I yeah, want my... that whole thing. But it's really cool because um, I feel like we've picked up so much of our dad's, you know, tenacious uh, character that we're all like these hardworking, hustling women. What you can show him is yeah. that it's not about exactly. the patriarchy, dad. Like yeah. the women are what make this world. Oh, he knows now. Yeah, well, you know. there's like five yeah. women in his family. Like, damn, I gotta, I gotta beat him now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, we passed the legacy. So, yeah, so... Um, 
you know, it's for me. I feel like this 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 is going to be a really good experience for anybody. Is your family spread out all over? Are they all in here? In no, Kansas City? they're all. All of my sisters live in different cities. Um, New York. I have three sisters who live in New York now, and I have one who lives in Cincinnati. But they were spread out even further than that, though. I mean, I had one sister at one point that lived in San Francisco, one in Chicago. So how did you end up here? Well, we all, I mean, when my parents immigrated to the United States, we moved to Overland Park. Gotcha. Yeah. What made them decide Uh, to go to OP? Yeah, so that's a crazy story. Um, My greatest aunt who lives here, she immigrated here in the early 70s, late 70s, no, early 70s she actually worked for the Kaufman family cool. yeah it was through some connections of some families that she was working for anyway in Cali Colombia and it's crazy they were looking for uh, someone who could travel with Miss Kaufman and my aunt got a chance to travel the world with Miss Kaufman like getting her ready for she would tell us these amazing stories about how she would get Miss Kaufman ready for uh, dinners, and she had different outfits that she had to change into and different social events. So my aunt learned all of that early on. I mean, everything from etiquette. It's foreign life. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And she, I mean, she just said, I'm going. I'm She's going. I'm going to take a job. I'm going to go to America. Like, this is, I'm about to do it. And she did and ended up marrying um, somebody here from Kansas City. And uh, that is how my, my mother came over. She originally came over as a foreign exchange student and graduated. This is crazy. Graduated from Shawnee Mission North. North, yeah. Uh-huh, her senior year. Went back to Colombia. Never thought she would come back. Married my dad. Had me. And then, of course, circumstances changed in our country. And yeah. it just wasn't safe anymore. And uh, my parents definitely wanted something better. And my aunt was here. She was already married. It was easy back then. You know, for someone like very our, different, our, yeah. you know, our uncle, to say, "Hey, let's make, let's get these, let's get, let's get the work visas or visas. We can, we can apply for citizenship after a while." And so, yeah, that's how we got to Kansas. That is crazy. So, why <laughs> have you Kansas. stayed here? Why have I stayed? I yeah. love Kansas City. Yeah, I love it here, and I. It's really funny. I um I recently um. Met up with a great friend of mine who when we were in high school we used to drive down here downtown oh yeah and we used to always say i want to i bet you i want to guarantee you in about 15 years from now like when we're in our whatever it's going to be booming like there's going to be so much that's happening that isn't happening now and and so when we ran into each other recently, we said, didn't we say that? Didn't we say like 15 years ago it was going to look just like this? And we knew that there was going to be a streetcar. And we knew, it's crazy, like we knew all of this was eventually going to happen. I really love it here. It's, um, it gives me the flexibility to, to be able to stay here, stay, stay like in a very, um, like it's just home to me. Like, and then it gives me the opportunity to travel when I need to uh, for outside work. But yeah, I think it's always just going to be home-based. I think... I'm definitely going to have like a, a writing home here, a writing home in Colombia, so I can go back and forth. Do you get back there very often? Oh, yeah, I try to. That's Recently, really cool. it's been difficult just because, I mean, it, change of jobs, change of careers, change of, you know, uh, I, I took a serious pay cut when I stopped teaching, and um, so it's it just hadn't, I haven't been able to. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're a teacher, it's awesome because you're able to, take off the summers and man when when we would take off the summers I would go home and 
Well, and Colombia has changed a lot. Yes, it like, has. I see so many people going there. Like, it's really nice. Yeah. Like, you know, it's safe. I guess it's the word. It's always yeah, been nice, but it's goodness. safer. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. I mean, it, I think that we, we, my family, when I say we, we progressively saw it get better. Yeah. I mean, the leadership changed. Um, it was incredible. Was there a period of time where your family here was not even no, thinking about going home? No, yeah. especially during, I don't know if... Um, if folks recalled, I think it was the late 90s when, I mean, Pablo Escobar was just huge in Colombia, but all over. Uh, but we had uh, the Colombian soccer team that was yeah. in, I mean, like we were in the finals in the World Cup. And um, it's crazy because the player's name was actually Escobar too. He uh, accidentally kicked the ball in the, in the opponent's. In the opponent's goal, yeah. And I think two days later they killed him. And it just, after that, there was like this, these crazy rounds of just violent bombings and, you know, killings of families. And it's, just, you know, I mean, I never really like to talk about my country that way, but at the same time, I mean, it's facts. And, and you know, when we used to go back home, and this was early, like in the 90s, we used to, my, my, my parents used to always tell me, don't wear jewelry, don't wear a purse, don't wear those shoes, don't bring those shoes with yeah. you. You know, so, I mean, we really, I mean, we were very simple every time we used to travel back home, um, and I never really got it. Like, I didn't understand. Like, I remember one time I was taking a picture from the taxi or the car that we were in, and they were, like, quick to grab my camera, and they're like, you can't do that. You can't just put, like, put your camera up by the window. Somebody will literally, like, hit the window or grab you or grab, like, the camera itself. And I'm thinking, like, there's no way. That's not possible. And You were living that Overland Park life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, here it's like you could do all of that. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think that, I think it's pretty incredible to have seen that. Yeah. And to have roots there to know, like, this is, you know, these are my people. They did some fucked up things, but Man. we can get better. Totally, and I. It's I really, pretty inspirational, Jessica. What, when you think about, I, well, like, no, no, I really, I, I, agree with you completely. I mean, I, there's times where my, my parents talk about um, the incredible writers that our country produces, or just producers, or music in general, and all these wonderful Grammys that we've won uh, as a country, representing the country, and. And as I've gotten older, I love to study that. I love to study like who writes these songs and who's producing this and. Um, it, I, it brings me a lot of pride because I know for a fact that if it hadn't have been for the arts and the culture of Colombia, we wouldn't be as resistant and as held, you know, in that strong spirit of a country that we are. I mean, we really, like, literally danced in the middle of, like, the war. We danced every day in the middle of the war, and we made amazing music, and that's when music in Colombia was like intense. I mean, we had groups like Grupo Nietzsche and Grupo Ayacán and I mean, I talk about them all the time, but I mean, they've just brought life to Colombia and they brought life to other parts of Latin America. And so it's kind of funny because I feel like we're kind of a spoiled country out of all the Latin American countries because they just, they love us and they know that we're good people and they know that we have such a great um, spirit and we're, we have a strong spirit, fuerte espíritu, like they just know that about us. And so whenever they they know that a Colombian's um, in the room. They're like, oh my gosh, you're from Colombia. <laughs> like, Latin people are so beautiful um, in the way that they see us because they just know, like, how crazy of a time. I mean, 50-year war that finally came to an end, and we have children that are no longer fighting 
in the war anymore. We don't have children. Like, we actually have programs where our children are finally off the streets and, you know, we're ending a lot of drug epidemic. I mean, granted, none of that is ever perfect, right? No, and no country ever is. Exactly. But to see it go yeah. from something where people were avoiding, like, you just don't want to ever be there. You don't ever want to go to that country, too. Oh, my gosh, Cartagena is, like, the most it's beautiful the place, place to, to travel. Yeah. Or, yeah, or the south part Which of Colombia. Which is really, really neat. You know, I think, uh, I think a lot of Americans now are especially... Like, if they're not as old as I am, who remember, like, the 80s <laughs> and what Colombia meant for America, like, the yeah. way it was portrayed, right? No, real talk. It's crazy. You know, it's it's funny because, you know, in the 80s, I was still such a baby and, you know, learning how to speak English and all these. So, you know, I mean, here I am learning how to, like, adapt to the culture, right, of hamburgers and fries and pizza and what, what this word means or, like, how do we actually stand in a line at a store right. like all these crazy <laughs> things right that you have to learn to adjust like when you when you come to America mm, so I really that really wasn't where I was at you know but when I got older and I finally started um, understanding what I was reading and having you know a conversation in English with with folks and asking lots of questions and realizing my god like my country is really perceived at this like as this violent drug infested like like, just crazy, mad country, you know? And it's it wasn't what I saw growing Well, and up. what you never get with those narratives is mm -hmm. the, the story of the people. Exactly. Like, the people that are really hurting because of this. Man. You yeah. Know? But I, I think a lot of people, like, way younger, younger than you, younger than me, that are, they're, they're, they're seeing narcos. And they're like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. there's so much involved with this whole story. Yeah. That yeah. was never That's, told. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. It's <laughs> never so, told. It's funny, you know, in, in high school, you know, I had friends who used to always joke with me about how, like, Pablo Escobar was my, you know, my uncle. Oh, and, you know, I just, I never really got it until I, until I finally understood, like, what everybody else's perception was of my country it was it, it wasn't and now you know it's it's different like when people come to me and they ask specific questions about my country I, I try to I try to um, be very diplomatic and and just tr trying to uh, uh, create a, a different conversation you know uh, instead of the one that we've always had about Colombia and and then there, what ends up happening is is that there's so much more fruit you know that is produced and so many more conversations that come out of that and so much more transformative conversation, which is what I prefer, because I love, because Colombia has amazing things about it's, it. All of South America, <laughs> like, I just feel yeah. like there's so much potential yeah. for people who have no awareness yeah, no of doubt. what's, like, there's so much potential in South America. For, Man. You know, like, uh, Sarah went to Chile, and she was just blown away by, I didn't realize, she's like, I didn't know how German it was there. Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't. All of these things that we're we're not taught, and I'm speaking as a white dude in America. You're <laughs> never taught until you, either you're lucky enough to have friends yeah. who are Latino from mm -hmm. wherever. You know, when you get any of that stuff, it's just never discussed. Yeah. Ever, and we say America like, you know, there's a bunch of Americas. <laughs> a bunch of Americas, yeah, exactly. So I just I think it's neat to that you're gonna bring your family's story. Yeah in this way it's gonna let it's not just words on a page it's these are real objects mm -hmm. um that's not to say that the words aren't important but to have it to have it be an installation yeah is really interesting are you shooting for that to be done this year absolutely um i am hoping to probably do my first showing in the fall what uh, what gallery 
I'm not sure yet. I've looked at a couple. Gotcha. So um, I'm, I'm really, what I'm looking for is um, functional outlets because I need 10 of them yeah. instead of doing all this crazy wiring. So that's what I'm, but I also want to collaborate with a gallery that strongly believes in family heritage and passing historical stories down. And so I'm, I, I have, I'm passionate about that or even just like supporting immigrant stories, you know, so I'm, cause I, I just, I'd love, I would love to, um, to be able to have more of a conversation aside from just, of course, my own family story. Right. So how do you, but, how do you bring that to people? Like, you and I know each other. Yeah. I'm going to come and see your thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. How do you bring that to folks who are not going to know who you are or why, why it matters that you should come and see this stuff? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I, I honestly, you know, it's when I make... When I make my art, when I write, and when I create, I don't really think that way. Yeah. Like, I don't ask those questions. For me, um, this is a way uh, to honor, I, I feel like, my family and, and to really acknowledge our story uh, in such a way that, um, I don't know, can be imprinted or uh, can be remembered. You know, I want to create memories with what I do, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like I've done that successfully with my first book. I've created a journey or, I mean, I, it's wonderful to hear people like the feedback I get from the music and the poetry and having so many different people just in, in one space, you know, and the conversations they have between intermission or whatever the case may be, but this whole experience of feeling um, uh, connected and, you know, feeling like uh, that might be your story or how you feel, but I, I also have a similar story. Yeah. So I feel like I, I want to do that with the second book. I know we all have these awesome stories about our moms and dads and sisters. If you have, you know, if you come from a family of large siblings and crazy stories about, um, you know, challenges that, that you, that, that just literally came to you at, you know, from birth. Yeah. You know that you didn't have any choice uh, but for it to come, and then, and then, and then for it to show up in such a way that like family just sticks together, and family despite the circumstances, whether you're an immigrant or not an immigrant, like, you know, uh, there's there's real heart, and not only that, but my favorite part is that it's like a Kansas City story, and I think that's, that's you know really, you know what I mean, really, really like, it's it's like yeah. there's parts of it that um, are all like like representing South Kansas City and just my love for hip hop and how I fell in love with um, that genre and jazz and how jazz came, came into my life and Billie Holiday came into my life and how there's so many different artists that came into my life at a, at a very specific time where I was also learning about my own identity. So this is like an exhibit of my family's heirlooms, but also um, uh, just a real story about a kid, just a kid from Ipiat is like literally living in straight up KC Mo, like representing the A16, you know, that's... Like there's, I can't be anything else but who I am. So, um, so yeah, like that's what that's what I think. What I what I like about it is you're making a poetry that isn't that disposable. Yeah. And what I mean by that, you have a book and you can read it. You put it on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, you totally. You can revisit it. Totally. If if you want to, but with an installation where you're, it's creating this different kind of memory. Yes. With the work that you're doing. You're engaging your reader in a new way. Yeah. Like you're reading these objects now. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's it's brilliant. Thank you. And I love it. And I can't wait to see it. Um, 
how are you having folks how are how are you uh, how are you proofreading this how are you presenting this for criticism before it goes live <laughs> this is personal narrative yeah, like how do you <laughs> right you know um what uh what i've done well okay give me a little bit more like what's your question so you know when i write i will get it out yeah uh, let it sit, and I come back and do some my own editing. Yes. And then, okay, yes, I'm almost yes, here. Yes. <laughs> hey, I trust you. What do, how's it working? What's not working? How do you do that with something okay. where this is I actually my life? You, yeah, I thought that's what you meant. Yeah. Okay, I just I wanted to make sure. You know, um, it's really crazy because um, I go through like this really weird, like holy crap, I'm about to jump into like this idea and emerging, submerging myself into. Um, what I need to be doing as a human being or as a as an entity, right, or a person or a spirit or a being. Um, and so I go through like this, um, like, I would say maybe a six months to a year beforehand, like I go into like this, like feeling of, I'm about to really expose some serious parts of myself that um, I've never really let anybody in to. I mean, and she just said, fuck, I'm going to let the whole yeah, world in. Yeah, totally. And, and, you <laughs> Rip know, the band-aid off. <laughs> well, and I, and I had to have a conversation with my parent, my family. Yeah. I, had to, I, had to, I think for me, it was most important that I got the blessing from my parents and my, and my sisters. Um, and, and what's wonderful is, is they're like, oh, my God, like, that's what, I, what's what we would want you to do, like, um, to do it that way. So, um, you know, I, in a sense, my parents and my sisters... Uh, our co-editors and yep. you know they're they're we're working on this together I'm excited because my father because he's a wood maker he's making all the installations out of wood so it's you don't even know how much this That's like really and on so many levels so are they helping you fill in gaps like if you have a memory like, hey, I remember this going yes. on That's completely really neat so okay. it's it's going to be really wonderful and then of course um, I have um, mentors of mine who I trust and um, feel so open and comfortable with and I, I'm excited to journey with them because they're going to be a part of my creative team um, where you know they'll they'll they will really give me some insight on um, what works you know how does one experience when they walk in how do you want that to t be taken what the marketing and you know the branding is going to look like for it so it's so I do I have I have um, a handful of dear friends and mentors of mine that are going to be who are helping you yes. just from lack of a better word, edit it. Yes, to, yeah, exactly okay. to what it that's is. What, like this is a big, big yes, it thing, is. and I kind of liken it almost to. I mean, it, it sounds as, much, as collaborative as I thought it would have to be yeah, for you yeah. to pull it off in the way that's really meaningful. Like your family would have to be involved. Yeah. Oh yeah, they you know? yeah with that, and I I love it because it gives them, you know, my father my father is a man who works with his hands, and so are they still in Kansas City? Yeah, they're here. Cool. They're here. Um, and so when my dad sees me sitting at a computer all day, it just, he just kind of shakes his head. Like that was our, our beginning of my writing relationship. And I'm like, what? Why? Like, what are you, por qué me miras así? Like, why? Why are you looking at me like that? And he's just like, yo no entiendo. Yo no entiendo cómo te puedes sentar así todo el día sin hacer nada. Like, I don't understand why you would sit there without doing anything all day. And I'm like, dad, I am doing. I'm working with my hands. Yeah, and so, and so we've had, we've built this relationship where now he understands that I work here. Like, I work in my brain. I work in my brain all day and my dad's a he just works with his hands and so I love it because my dad knows when I'm like riding a wave of my writing you know he'll leave the lights on for me he'll you know he'll 
make me some coffee or uh, you know he's great he's like so supportive in the it's like those little things that he because he I'm his daughter he knows he's like wow she's so serious about this there were times where um, I would uh, I would go to the Mutual Musicians Foundation till like five or six in the morning and my dad um, you know he would be like well what why are you why are you coming in this late at night? And this was a time when I was like moving from apartment to apartment, so like I needed to be, I needed to stay like in a place right. for like a month. Um, and so uh, I'm like, I just came back from writing, and he's like, you didn't come back from writing. It's six in the morning. I'm like, where, where are you at six in the morning? And I told him I was at the jazz, uh, uh, the foundation, and and he's just like, hmm, right? And and so then like once he started seeing like my first book getting edited the manuscript the actual process the books came in the book reading like i have this book he's in the front row he literally the day of my of my book release he was just he was stunned and he didn't have any words and he just kept looking around and he was just so like she was so serious about this. Like I love that story. Yeah, so uh, did he really not connect it as like no, to his own crafting? No. Just a different way of being yeah, a craftsman? No, he really didn't and um and I think I think we experience this as writers anyway though. You know, well, it's shit, like, well, yeah. What, I mean, what, what do are you our doing? writing studios <laughs> look like? Well shoot, it could be a coffee shop, it could be a jazz club late yep. at six in the morning. I mean, we carry our tools with us where we go. And you know, writers like we get to a place when we look at something, we're like, Oh my god, I gotta write that down now be on the back of a napkin it could be on the back of my hand like you know I mean that's the type of writer I am I'm a very mobile one so you know um, I think that as writers we 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 show up how we want to how we want people to see us as writers and so my dad pushed me in a way you know to where you know it's like okay well if someone didn't understand the process of what it takes to be a writer or the daily life of a writer you know what how do I show up in that and so, you know, really cool things like just making sure that you have your proper tools, like a laptop and, you know, sketch paper and always having pencils with you and, um, you know, like sharing with people about what, what's, what you're actually up to. You know, I, think I think that's pretty important. Yeah, you know, because I think, you know, at, at least in my family, you know, um, it was always, uh, you know, um, my sister who was the painter, or my sister who's the photographer, or these great things that my sister is doing, you know, um, uh, in her diversity initiatives at, at a university, and um, and Jessica was, you know, oh, you know, Jessica, she, she's a teacher, she works with the community, you know, she's very helpful, like, it was very much this, and, and I'm not saying that, like, my parents never really were proud or, or didn't give me my own shine. Um, but I think that when I finally made the decision to step into my writing full time, um, I told myself, I said, well, you know, my parents can't, and I, and I had been, at that point I had been, you know, really, really into my writing for a couple of years and my parents were still saying, oh, you know, Jessica helps people. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay, this is my fault because I am not showing yeah. up. I'm not showing up. And, uh, I have to be proud because I am proud. And so at Thanksgiving dinners and, you know, different family events, when it, when it was my turn to share, I would say, well, I'm writing a poem, and it's going to get published in an anthology, and I have a book reading, you know, like, and so when that happens, people are like, oh, and well, what's your poetry about, and, uh, you know, and, and this is, I'm saying, like, my aunts or, you know, family friends of ours, but when, when my parents are listening, they're like, wow, this is all she's really talking about, and, you know, and, and uh, or I'll say, hey, mom, do you want to you you hear poem that I just wrote and tell me what you think of it or 
you know, so it, it, it's been wonderful now to, for my dad to be able to come to me and say, hey, I found a bookshelf that would be really good for you, or, um, you know, anything, you yeah. know, do you need me to move something for you? I mean, the way that he used to help my sister with big, huge painting, like canvas paintings and moving them to galleries is the same way he's showing up for me. Like for my book reading, oh my goodness, my second book reading, my dad was the one who went to go buy the wine. <laughs> my dad was the one who went to go get the cheese and crackers. Like, that is why I love my dad. Because it's like, he, he, he comes, he's very authentic with the way he is. And I never take what he says like offensively or like, oh, it hurts my feelings. It's very much... Um, like, but he's really asking a direct question. Like, yeah, he really he's wearing his heart on his sleeve and yeah. just like, hey, I'm generally yeah. just want to know. He just really <laughs> wants to know. And so then when you tell him, he's on your team 110%. Yeah. He's like so writing for you and he so wants you to win. What did they think of you getting this residency? They were so proud. Yeah. I mean, they didn't understand at first what it was really about. Um, but then, like, my dad's like, you're going to have an office? And I'm like, vas a tener oficina. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to have an office, Dad. Like, ah, oh, está bien. Like, that's great. You know, but then when he came and he saw, he was like, this is more than an office. Like, this is like your workspace. I'm like, yeah. yeah. This is my workspace. Just like you have your, yep. you know, wood shop. I have a writing shop. He's like, you have a writing shop. So did you have a a studio prior or any place where you're this is my space to do this you no. said you were a mobile right so, so how the is foundation that foundation was honestly my writing your spot space. It yeah was, it, you know it's amazing the way the guys took care of me they just knew i would you know the minute i would show up i would sit in my little corner and it was just my i was a, a resident a writer in residence that's right Rachel musicians foundation but but yeah i mean i, I feel like this was the next step. Like when I heard about Charlotte Street and the opportunities, I said, this is the next step. Like this is going to only push me to want to develop that studio for myself right. in general, like in a life, life term. So I, I really pushed myself um, with uh, the apartment that I have now to create a space where I have my own writing. I don't writing. think I realized how important yeah. it was yeah. until I had it. Until you like, had it, holy right? Holy cow. Like, it's funny because um, I do vision walls all the time about all the projects that I want to do. And coming here, it's like, oh my gosh, what, what I've always done, like in my rooms or bathroom yeah. or wherever, you know, I choose to exist. I've done this, but, it's, but now it's like in one space. Like I would have, um, you know, my drums in the basement or, you know what I mean? Like, so now it's like all in the same space and it all has a time when it when I'm practicing when I'm here and um, then I shift to the next project. Like well, that's it's, it. It's like when you come here, I'm here to work. I'm here to work. I'm here to focus. I'm here because I have this project going on. I have that one over here. So like each wall or each space is, it, it requires a different time and a different day. Yep. So you are trying to get in for another year. Yeah, I am. Yeah. What are your plans for? the next year yeah. in studio well um hopefully um if i do get it i will be literally like publishing my second book yeah. going right into the exhibit does the second book already have a publisher no that's that's the other thing i'm also doing is, is i want to collaborate with someone who believe you know who, who really yeah. believes in these family stories so i'm narrowing it down i have a deadline so um, but yeah, I, I, I'll be walking right into the exhibits. I'm hoping to have a couple exhibits in the city, maybe one definitely in the fall and then in, in the winter, if not spring, yeah. depending on, you know, how that works out. Um, um, 
it'll be fun to have it for poetry, National Poetry Month. Like yeah, it'll be really good. Like, you know, in April of next year. That'll be great. That'll be like a, the greatest birthday present for myself is to have an exhibit during that time. Like during the spring and during po National Poetry Month. But um, aside from this, I'm doing a couple collaborative projects. Um, one which uh, entails my comrades, um, Brown Pulse, Brown Voices. Brown Voices, Brown Pulse. Um, we have collectively come together to create uh, a, some book readings called, um, poetry readings called La Resistencia Ooh. at the Uptown Arts Bar. This is um, next week will be our third round of poetry resistance. Are you getting some good turnouts? Oh my gosh, it's been the best. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even know. Like, MG Salazar, is an, she's amazing because she was the one who really kind of put us all together. I think she was just thinking, hey, let's just do a reading. It'll be fun. Let's make it happen. Let's call it La Resistencia. We're like, yeah. And we did it, and it was just so amazing that we had to have a second one, and now we're at our third one, and we're going to be... Um, doing a performance with um, the Interurban House. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, in July, I believe. Down at OP? Oh, at yeah. The Interurban? yeah. We're very excited about it, but it's going to be our launch because we're going on tour. Damn, that's yeah, great. Yeah, I know. That's it's like so fast. But that's what I love about them because they're so ready, and we just had a meeting on Monday, and um, uh, Alex Martinez, um, Lucky Garcia, uh, Miguel Morales. So it's, it's a team of us, and... Uh, it's it's like it's like nothing I think that folks have seen quite yet, and we're all so different, but we all come from kind of the same story, and um, it's just beautiful to be able to like collaborate in that form, that po that type it's of poetry. Beautiful to get those voices oh out at this gosh, time. Oh my gosh! Exactly. So it's um, these beautiful, amazing stories um, of all these beautiful brown folks and. So we're doing that, so that's like the major thing. What's great about it is that um, the Latino Writers Collective has officially um, invited us to be a part of their, um, a part oh, of good their deal. umbrella. Yeah. So now we're, we're a part of the Latino Writers Collective, and we're going to be adding art or theater to it. Yeah, so we're doing theater and poetry and touring and... Did you do theater in high school? I did. Yeah. I did. You're a I, performer. I mean, you just, you are. I, yeah, I, um, I did uh, competitive acting in high school. How does one do went that? To, went to college for competitive acting. Uh, you have acting. act off? Yeah, like, exactly. Did, well, it's, you know, it's called forensics. Okay, is I that... I never really understood why. I don't know, because you I think mean, forensics, forensics, you think I'm looking at dead so, bodies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I never say that to people because they're like, oh, you're a scientist. Like, no, not even close. Yeah even though I like science, but, so I always say competitive acting, but I did that in high school, amazing, like dramatic, there's, there's all these different types of events you can enter, and um, dramatic interpretation, duo interpretation, humorous interpretation, poetry interpretation, prose, prose was fun, so you would just pick scripts, you know, compete with others, if they thought you were pretty cool, they would take you to the next level until you... <laughs> Until you made it to like the final rounds, and sometimes you get to take home a first prize, and you know, other times you get like a third or fourth or whatever the case may be. But yeah, so I did that. Um, that's how I went to college. I really, let confession time. I really was not planning on going to college. What were you gonna do? Work. I was really gonna work. Like I did not have a plan, um, and it. My, one of my greatest friends, I, I, his name is Lee Kate, he came to me my senior year and was like, so, what are you going to do after high school? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm probably just get a job. You know, and he's like, um, 
about I have something better for you? How about you come to Longview and go to college and um, they'll pay for it and you just travel the country competing. And you're like, how about that? Poetry. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, wait a minute, you're saying that. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right, I had no idea. So, so I, I ended up um, going to the audition. The coach at that time, the debate and forensics coach at Longview was like, yes. And for two years, I traveled. I mean, to places I never thought I would ever That's travel really to. Cool. I learned how to eat sushi for the first time. Or I tried sushi <laughs> for the first time. Um, I met, like, Selena's grave, like, in Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was... There's so many wonderful stories that I can tell you about all of that. But, I mean, that's how art transformed you. You yeah. know, I mean, having opportunities like that. And, and, and so, to me, it was so important that once um, I was able to be in a position... I left my art for a while, I will have to say, um, because my at that point my father had gotten laid off of work and um, my mother was pregnant with our baby sister. And one of my sisters was thinking of dropping out of high school, or altogether. I mean, she just didn't want to do education anymore. So there was a lot happening in my family, and <clears throat> I think it. I think I can speak for um, most, like older siblings, um, you know, in an immigrant setting, that kind of take on that second mom role. And so that you know, I was definitely the one in my family that. You, uh, at the age of seven or eight, you know, I was talking on the phone, interpreting for my parents about bills and, you know, sometimes going, you know, to to different places with them to interpret uh, yeah. things. So it was just that I just, I, that was just the role I, I knew and, and I learned to do. And, and so I really made a decision at 19 that I was not going to, uh, or no, it was like at 21 when I made the decision that I would not, um, that I was just gonna like leave the competitive acting aside, you know, to get a full-time job and work in corporate America so that I can afford to pay. And I was just really lucky. I got I got really lucky to get a corporate job as an interpreter. Um, I didn't need like a, you know I didn't need much yeah. for that. I mean they and I, it was just a lucky time and nothing fulfilled my life more than to write checks to pay the, the electricity and. You know what I mean? Like, I was totally doing it, and my dad was so proud, and at the same time trying to figure out how he was going to get himself together. That's when he started his own business, and we made it work, and we finally was able to get my sister uh, to go to Paseo High School, and that led her to go to San Francisco God, College of the good. Arts. So so it's, it's one of those things where, um, like, I, that's why this poetic memoir is so important to me, because I feel like it's, it's a pouring of my heart to my family, it's like my love letter to them on how much I've truly enjoyed taking on the second role as a possible parent, as a possible, you know, um, guardian, if you will, and, and I have been able to experience so many beautiful things through my eyes, as you know, and, and so I always knew that like the writing or the art would come back at some yeah. point once things got together, and they did, and and, uh, and when slowly, it comes, it yes, comes, right? And when like, it comes, it comes. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. It's just, it's been such a blessing because it's been such a pouring. And um, although I'm working on finishing up, wrapping up the second manuscript, I mean, the third manuscript is well, well in its way. The books are one thing, but being out there yeah. and like, that's, that's you, right? Yeah, like, it's so me. So it's wonderful because my, my sisters have always known that I was always going to return back to the stage yeah. and return back to the mic and, 
return back to this space. So that's when so, they see me so here, funny because when Sarah and I saw her, like she, I guarantee she's done act. Like she, because you will hear poets, and they can perform. Yeah. Right. They yeah, can yeah. read. You will hear poets, and that's all they do is perform. There's not a lot of substance behind the words. Mm -hmm. But then you see someone who like their their presence on stage. It's they're comfortable. They believe in what they're saying. Awesome. Their words have meaning. They do it, and typically those folks are they have a theater background. Yeah. Like they do. They just like I'm, you know, I know literature, but I also know what it means to engage with engage a live audience. With an audience, yeah, I and feed off that back and forth. Oh, it's so important to me. Like having that relationship is very it's very vital, and it's it's one that I can't believe I went without for so long, you know, and and I and. Looking back, when I was a community organizer and working, you know, in education, I I sprinkled art in there, yeah. you know, I, and I think that was just for my own survival. But at some point, you have to make a decision that this is who you authentically are. And man, I'm like never gonna go back to anything else. Like I'm so excited, I can't wait to see what's ahead. You know, with it's everything. amazing when you put that stuff out there, uh, the universe just says, okay, you're ready for it. I'm going to give it to you, so hold and on. It, yeah, it, like the first book was so beautiful to me because, uh, I mean, I had been writing in that in that whole span of time. Yeah. I mean, and that was just my private collection, but so many amazing friends of mine, like, um, you know, Les Ismore, who, who pushed me, like Natasha, Ria Elskari, was like, sis, like, what is wrong? you got to get it out of here. Get it and, out. You know, people like Sherayla Davis who are like, okay, so when's Jessica going to put out a book? Like, she's out here faking, you know, reading this poetry at these open mics and faking. Like, you know, we don't have we don't have a whole book ready to go. And lots of great friends who just continued to push me and encouraged me and said, no, 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 we're not focusing. Because at first, I didn't even want to write the first book. What I wanted to do was do shows. I just wanted to get up and play with a band and do poetry. And yeah. My, Natasha was like, no, you're going to focus on publishing the book first and then whatever comes out of that make it happen sis because I know you want to do the performance I know you do and I'm so glad that she did that for me because um, after the book was published I saw so much more and and she just knows what she's talking about I mean she's my forever mentor I was so. going to say it's hard you don't want to turn down advice from a mentor like that <laughs> yeah, like, you're like okay gosh, yes I will trust yeah, you no so for, for real so it's it's wonderful because I just actually we just spoke on the phone recently and she said um, she wasn't able to be here for my open the open studios um, day um, but she saw the performance because uh, one of my friends recorded a clip so I put it on social media and she she just it was a beautiful like the feedback and kind of like the review like you know of how she felt about that performance is very moving to her even though she saw it like just from a video clip, right. but it meant the world to me because she knows me very well um, in, in a very intimate setting. So she's like, "You, you took it. Like you totally like performed that." And I was like, "Yeah, you know." She's like, "You stepped right into it. It was very natural, and it it makes me feel good to, because I feel that way. Yeah. I feel I feel like, dang, like I always say it's it feels good to be back on stage, but I never left. Like I always say that. So it's it's exciting like now to be able to touch more stages. Like that's kind of something that I've put, I've manifested and put into like my daily, med like my meditations is just being able to feel like, you know, what it feels like to find like walk, that first walk or two, you know, on stage before you get to do whatever. You're well, it's exciting for your audiences. Out. Like I get a lot out of your energy. It's Thank just like, you. where can people find you online? Um, I am Miss Jessica Ayala, um, A-Y-A-L-A on most social media for um, Twitter Instagram, and Insta, yeah. mm -hmm, Facebook is the same way 
Um, and my website is just Jessica E. E is for Elizabeth. So Jessica E. Ayala.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was, this fun. was a great talk. Thank you. That was Jessica Ayala. And now you, dear listener, are as intrigued with her as I am. Kansas City is lucky to have her around. Go out, find her doing her thing, support her, buy her books. You can find her online at jessicaeayala.com. I'd like to thank Jessica for her time. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank Is You Is or Is You Ain't for the music. If you'd like to reach out, litkcpod at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-K-C-P-O-D at gmail. I don't think I have anybody else to thank today, but I would like to not thank the government for kidnapping children. That's a big, big no thanks. Until next time.